All right, welcome to another edition of the Sports Me Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Monaco, always alongside the CEO and co-founder, one Jeff Rubin. We are on with one of my favorite users on the app, an OG in the sports industry, the one and only Dwayne, also known on the app as the Shot Doctor. Dwayne, happy Sunday to you. How are we doing on the EC? Oh, man, I can't be doing any better. I mean, if, if I were doing any better, you'd have to shoot me. Uh, <laughs> we've got uh, uh, the only thing I can tell you is it's been steamy over here. We've had uh, feels like 100. It, we've had really it is 100, and now they're giving us a break where today maybe it might not hit 90. So it's uh, it's all good in the neighborhood over here. I love it. Jeff, how are we doing on the Boston side of things? Dude, on the Boston side of things, you know, it's hot. It's, it is also a little steamy. It's early Sunday morning. I've already done like 10 battles this morning. I'm just waiting for people to hop, hop, hop on and crush their hopes and dreams. <laughs> well, speaking of hot and steamy, we got the juiciest offseason we've had in a couple of years in the NBA. Dwayne, want to throw it to you first. Well, before we hop in, please, I know I mentioned the shot doctor, but on the app, how did you stumble into it, if you will? And what are, your, what are your favorite things about the Sports Me app before we jam in and get a little battles going in long form here? Well, one thing that is great about uh, the app is, um, you know, and then I'll sort of scroll backwards. But one of the great things about the app is that you get a chance to immediately get your thoughts out. If you want a question to be answered, if you want a debate to ensue, if you have a position that uh, you can't get to uh, controvert what you're listening to sometimes in the ridiculous mainstream media, <laughs> for me, it gives me an opportunity to quickly vent my controverting views, get some other opinions with an immediate reaction to it, and it goes nationwide. Uh, I think that is remarkable. Being in sports radio, I know you have to hold on the line or you have to wait several hours for your um, your favorite show, and even then, you might get a busy signal. On Sportsme, there is no busy signal. You just uh, activate and go. So, yes, how did I get connected with this thing? Well, you know, like minds find each other. And, um, you know, what happened? Being a part of uh, the media, being a part of uh, attacking First Take and, and your name being out there, uh, I was invited to uh, try this app and see how I would like it. I was invited in. I, I got in. I got connected with some of the greatest people uh, in the sports world, both young and old, talking sports 24-7 and uh, debating sports as we call it battling sports 24 7 i love it and, and on the app obviously we got names we got usernames i'm an and one rucker park fan so the shot doctor jumps out on the page to me where'd you come with that or is that the nickname from back when you laced them up well, <laughs> it, it, when i laced them up it was uh-oh he's shooting again <laughs> but no you know back in the day uh being the OG here in the app, me and a, a handful of other guys, I go way back. But I, uh, I actually at one time did lace them, but uh, it proved to be something that was not going to lace me into a MBA, a mega bank account. So <laughs> I immediately diverted my way into the coaching and player development side. And during that time, 
the development of uh, shooting skills and uh, footwork led some people to eventually start nicknaming me the shot doctor as I was fortunate to transform some players into some credible shooters that would eventually advance their careers into college and in some cases into the pros. And so my summer camps started being called the shot doctor camps. And after that, once in media, people got connected with the name and uh, remembered the camps and thus the handle the shot doctor. That's a great background. We appreciate you throwing that out there for us and giving us a little context of who we're on the mic with. Well, Jeff, you have a patient over there. I'm going to throw it to you first. Dwayne, we kind of do a little sports me, 30 seconds or left take, hop around the board, talk a few hot topics and get on with our Sunday. So, Jeff, last time we talked with Buster, my friend, you were saying from the Celtics camp, not many moves needed to be made. Let's go old school with it, like it's pickup, and run it back with the same squad. Give me the sports yep. me version of today, Sunday's July 8th. Two cents. Post these NBA free agency moves. 30 seconds, you know the rules. So here's what I think. Right off the bat, I need to re-sign Marcus Smart. That hasn't happened yet. I also really like the Aaron Bain signing. I mean, think about it, what he did last season. He is not an offensive guy. He is a defensive stalwart. The only thing that I want to see is I want to see how the new rook uh, adapts to Brad Stevens' level of play. He's a, he's a, he's a shorter uh, a smaller center, but a guy who has tremendous hops. And on a team like this, with Kyrie running the point, a lot of opportunity for him. I love it. Shot doctor. Let's stay on Boston. Are you with Jeff in from a Danny Ainge side of things? Forcing a Kawhi trade seems a little unorganic here. I know we got the Kyrie extension contract looming. They just drafted another phenomenal steal, you could argue. Where's your head at if you're wearing Boston green in the GM room right now? If I'm if I'm Boston, I'm staying I'm staying pat. I'm good with what I have right now. I like the way my team looks. You know, Aaron Bain gives you uh, some definite minutes in the in the paint. I just think that uh, they've got to work through the, uh, the smart situation if it's not too expensive because I believe they've got a championship team in the making. I love it, and, and I would be remiss yep. if I didn't bring. Go ahead, Jeff. You want to? No, no. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the king of the jungle next. One LeBron James. Uh, just just honest, organic thoughts on the day of the news, since we haven't done a sports me pod post-LeBron to the Lakers yet. Shot Doctor, how were we feeling that day? Did you see it coming, or were you absolutely shocked? No, I wasn't absolutely shocked, although I did have uh, some belief that LeBron James would actually stay and leverage the um, the management to pay whatever tax necessary to make whatever moves to include if necessary, waiving players and carrying uh, their their uh, deficient salaries that didn't get picked up in the league to, um, to uh, a five-year stretch or a four-year stretch, depending on the circumstance, uh, against the cap. I thought LeBron would stay uh, to try and, and sustain his legacy, uh, but at the end of the day, L.A. is not a bad move if you're chasing rings. Jeff, from a Beantown, Boston, Green side of things, Lakers, Celtics, Kyrie, LeBron, it's getting juicy over there. Pot's getting stirred. Are you hyped or are you a little upset the Kings in La La Land? 
Now, let me tell you first a few things. I'm hyped that he's in he's in L.A. First off, LeBron is one of these most amazing people on earth. Look what he's done for the NBA. And I just did a battle today, earlier today. On Today is the eight-year anniversary of the decision. And everyone forgets that this dude donated, had $6 million donated to the Boys and Girls Club. And everyone thinks about the bullshit of, oh, he went on the mic and he said he was taking his talents. Well, everyone forgets about the amazingly human thing he did. And that drives me crazy. But everyone is now in uh, – uh, I think everyone now kind of loves LeBron, which is back to what it should be. So let me think about what I what, – what, what, what I think him being in L.A. means. I think it does save parts of the NBA. I think the NBA thrives when the Celtics and the Lakers are at their best. Sure, the Warriors are great. But I think when L.A. and Boston, I'm sure you guys agree, when L.A. and Boston are doing well, the NBA is at its peak point. Do we all agree on that? 100%. Yeah. John Dogger. And so here's another thing that I just want to chime in real quick on. A member of sports media, I'm not going to say who it is, so if you want to know who who it is, you can go on my battle because I did a battle late last night on this exact thing. And Love. he said, LeBron James will be judged on not just is this a good signing during his his time with the Lakers, but he is also judged based on what happens after that. And I say that is a load of crap. If I'm a coach of a college basketball team and I recruit all these players, I bring on a bunch of transfers and I get this team to a place where they're in a great position and then I get fired and then this other guy comes in and he becomes a coach and they win a championship. No one remembers about me. This is not me who won the championship and that's how I feel about that guy is that LeBron, if LeBron doesn't win a championship, that's on him. They win a championship the year after he leaves. That has nothing to do with LeBron. What do you guys think? I love it. Dwayne, to you, my friend. Yeah, you know, I, I heard the same uh, take that uh, obviously it was it will be gauged by the, the results of the Lakers following that and that he would have stimulated this rebuilding. Uh, I, I think it is a crock. I have to go with Jeff on that. I can understand someone reaching and grabbing, but I think that's hijacking the message that is trying to build LeBron into something greater than the outcome or results of his play on the court. And I believe that's really a stretch because at, at, at the end of the day, it will be judged by what did the Lakers do? How many games did they advance in the subsequent year after gaining him as a uh, uh, the ultimate free agent prize? Will he increase their their wins by 15, 16, 17. Will they win 50 or will they only increase by eight? And at the, at the time that we're looking at this coming in, I think people are undervaluing the team that he is joining. So I think actually they're trying to say he's playing with nothing less than if it stays the way it is than what he had in Cleveland. I think that's an insult and it's also a cushion for LeBron. I don't like the optic. I yep. don't like the audio on it. Well said. I love that point. I love that point. I didn't even think about it as an insult, but this sports media personality, you're right. He just insulted LeBron James. Staying on the Lakers, Dwayne. And his teammates, yes. Wow. Oh, John Doctor, you just opened my my eyes to a whole other can of whoop ass. Well, staying in Hollywood. LeBron LeBron comes to town, and then almost within a second cup of coffee, you see JaVale McGee, then Lance Stevenson, then Rajon Rondo. When you see those three names 
almost in the same 48 hours, Dwayne. What's your sports me 30 seconds or less take on those three signings right after the King? I will group them to make it easy. That is a group that comes into an already existing young, talented group. When you look at Ingram, when you look at Kuzma, when when you look at, uh, at, at the, the likes of having a backup, and that's my belief, a backup in Lonzo Ball for the first couple years playing substantive minutes, that team has the ability to make some noise in the West and in the right situation, if LeBron is as good as he says, hey, there could be some championship contending going on. You know, I slightly, I I agree. I do think that Lonzo Ball should be starting only because Rondo has been a bench player sometimes. I think Lonzo, if you put him on the bench this early on, there's like this negative impact in his brain and you'll know LaVar is going to say this and that. So, but what do you guys think about a potential lineup if they have to of Rondo, Ball, LeBron, Kuzma, and one other really good shooter, not Ingram. You guys know how I feel about Ingram, but another guy in the team who can shoot well from outside. That's actually a pretty good lineup with a lot of playmaking ability. Bad move because of, uh, from the point guard position with the ball in their hands, you have two players whose shooting on the perimeter is suspect at best. Once they give it up, whoever's defending them becomes a half defender against LeBron or any other attacking player. I don't like both of those players being on the floor at the same time just because of the liability they create. I'd like to take one, one more question staying in, in Lakerland, and we'll move on. Dwayne, if you're sitting there, you're in a room with Palinka, Magic, and LeBron. You got a small goal sheet. Let's call it this offseason still before we tip off. What is your utopia if you can make it happen in Laker camp? Well, in Laker camp, the one utopia that you, you really would love to have is uh, – you would love to add to your post possessions uh, if you're willing to expend it and if he's willing to come. Uh, Clint Capella uh, added to that roster would be the final signing in my end because now you never lose bounce and energy and a rim protector and with grit in the post with Jamel McGee and Clint Capella. I believe all of a sudden now I'm changing Vegas's odds with a Clint Capella coming on that and those odds are going to be real tight and close to Golden yep. State in lieu of what their roster looks like. Yep. Jeff, I know you're I know you're a Celtic, but any any love to the Lakers here on this on if they can make it better. No, no, man. I like I'm a huge LeBron fan, so I instantly like this team. I hate the Lakers, but I like this team if that makes any sense. Of course. But here's what everyone forgets. When you think about the Warriors lineup and Shot Doc, I know you'll agree. You know, you have a big guy coming off a devastating injury. Clay Thompson, Durant, Curry are all injury prone. This team is not as deep as they were last season. They're not as deep as they were in the other championship. And so if anything happens to Boogie, they know don't have uh, McGee. They don't even have, they don't even have David West. What happens if, if Thompson or Curry goes down for an extended period of time? Can this team with just say two of those players and Draymond with no bench really, or not the bench they had, I think that if something happens, the Lakers are in prime position to compete with them. 
Well, not only in prime position to compete with them, it would also uh, give us a chance to evaluate and determine whether or not KD is the man that everyone talks about. You didn't even mention a KD going down. You know, yeah. I would like to see what KD can do for an extended period of time without one of those major assets. If he is as good as everyone wants to say he is, I think it's time for him to earn it from a leadership and take the ball in your hands, guys, and not be in a position where he is able to uh, take advantage and to to uh, be able to to basically benefit from the tremendous supporting cast that has to be defensively identified while he essentially gets a chance to go one-on-one every night of the week, unlike other superstars. Sensational sports me topic discussion. You gotta love it. All right, let's take a step back. Dwayne, the most basketball NBA watching experience of the three on the mic here. I, I want to. I want to get really excited about this question. If you could give me the sports me rendition, I, I would love it. If you expand over thirty seconds, no worries. But just looking at this NBA offseason, the player mobility. We're now talking about a positionless league, if you will. Some would say just just talking some sports media terms and. We're talking about all-stars upon all-stars on teams, super teams, what have you. Watching the David Stern NBA and now the Adam Silver, what do you like? What do you not like? If you could give me some of your biggest faux pas or things you want to get off your chest or staying all positive with what's going down in today's 2018 NBA free agency. You know, the, the from the, the commissioner's office, uh, I think there's um, – a real openness to innovation. It scares me, though, because too much innovation means a lot of times too much change. When you tinker with an already valuable product, sometimes you start to spiral it into a place of unknown uh, environment. Therefore, um, I like what Adam Silver is doing. I hate what he does with officials. I don't like the transparency they attempt by isolating single calls. But at the end of the day, the commissioner is open to trying to make the best product and use the fans and the players as his sounding block. And you're all for how, how the how the superstars and the future Hall of Famers are moving around as opposed to the Jordan era? No, I do not. I don't like it, and I don't base it on the Jordan era because I believe, first of all, this is not the era that has changed it. I believe, you know, that it, it transcends, you know, to a period really prior to that uh, that set the stage for building rivalries. We don't have the building of rivalries. We have the building of individual brands, and that's the negative to it. But again, it's not something I think can be controlled. This has to do with the individual player's willingness to become their own legacy within their own venue, and I don't think that exists anymore. Wow, look at those words right there. Putting truth to the league right there. Shot doctor with it. So having said that, Jeff, and then I want to get your takeaway, which NBA do you like better? I mean, I, I, I ultimately, I think that the NBA does not want parity. They want six of the teams to thrive, and that's when they're at their best. That's when they're the most marketable. That's when they make the most money. And so I agree with basically every single thing the shot doctor just said, uh, per usual. Um I think that uh, I, I completely agree with um, what he said about the refs and Adam Silver. 
I think isolating those calls is a terrible move by the NBA. It puts the referees on an island of chaotic kind of uh, uh, fans. And uh, that's just my two cents. I love it. Well, that was some sensational NBA basketball talk. I want to stay on basketball. Got to bring up a partner of sports meme. The big three. Couple of headlines. Steven Jackson continues to ball out of his mind. Barrett Davis hits a game-winning three. Dwayne, watching the big three a couple weeks in, what's your overall takeaway thus far? What's sticking out to you? Well, one thing I, I, I like is the legacy. Uh, the legacy of the game uh, being uh, sort of reconnected with a fan base that can appreciate it. And so, you know, this is the the, the most connected millennial uh, type of, of legacy that you can bring to the forefront. And it's almost like, where are they now? What are they doing now? Well, you get a chance to see where they are. You get a chance to see what guys were really – athletes and continue to be athletes post-career as they continue to be able to compete, even though it is not doing it from from 90 feet, they're able to show you what they can do inside 50 feet and still bang, bust, rebound, juke, and knock down the three. We watched the 50-year-old Chris Jackson, Abdul Raul, we watched him uh, show us something on Friday night. I love it. Jeff? Three weeks in, my friend. How are we feeling? Dude, I love the big three. I love everything that it represents. Look, I mean, think about what Dr. Sean Dr. said about Chris. I mean, this is the 50-year-old guy. You had a game-winning shot on the previous play. A 50-year-old guy who's, what, Dr., what is he, like 6'1", six, six was being guarded by Ryan Hollins on the perimeter. Ryan Hollins is a 34-year-old monster in that league. And you never see these type of things in the NBA, a 50-year-old winning baskets like this. You know, look at Baron Davis had a game-winning shot. Steven Jackson is playing out of his mind. These guys have freedom. Forget about the CBD thing. These guys have freedom. They own a part of the league. They play with freedom. They don't have uh, uh, the nuances of the NBA game. These guys are free to ball out. And I think it's exciting, and that's why I'm so pleased that Sports Me and the Big Three have partnered to bring awareness and conversation to what this league is and how wonderful it truly is. Beautiful. I know we hit that we hit that 20 minute max, so I want to throw out one more question. You guys have been watching the World Cup at all? We got France and Belgium. We got England and Croatia. Not many would have predicted these are the final four. Dwayne and Jeff, floor is yours. Any predictions, any overall comments on what you've enjoyed and what you've watched uh, the last few weeks unfold in Russia with the World Cup? Well, Dwayne, you know, I'll go first. Yeah, yeah, I'll go first because I have the least uh, amount of expertise. <laughs> I have at least an equitable amount of fan appreciation for the World Cup. And I learned a lot. Uh, in the last 12 years um, with watching the international stage of the uh, European football or, in our case, of course, soccer. But what what has really transpired in, in my closing remarks is that athleticism uh, still cannot outdo fundamental and 
game planning strategies that are required in one of the most difficult scoring sports in the international stage. And if you look at the most popular, the most viewed, and everything else, regardless of what we want to believe on this continental USA, the most viewed sport in the world is European football or soccer. And so because of it, and it is the most difficult game to score on, hockey has a greater advantage of scoring a goal than, than soccer does at the, at the uh, championship and at the, the professional level. So therefore, what I say to you is it's been tremendous. And I watched Brazil, probably the most athletic, next athletic, Russia. You know, I've watched athleticism be beat by fundamentals and by game strategy and staying consistent with the things that your team does best and to stretch the field enough that you create your own opportunities in this limited scoring uh, game set. So at the end of the day, I am so impressed with the teams that have stayed the course and the, those teams that have stayed the course you're talking about right now, and that's France, Belgium, Croatia, and England, all four are probably, when this started uh, in the quarterfinals, they probably were in the lower tier of athleticism, but were in the top tier of actual efficiency, and so you've got the best teams because of their ability. Man, I would have given you about 34 sports me points right there in the app, Dwayne. That was money. Jeff, your thoughts. I would have given him 100 <laughs> points. So to be honest, here's why I love this year's World Cup. And I think this is why Americans, our fellow Americans, may not love soccer is because of the exact point that the shot doc just brought up. It's not the most athletic game. It's not the most exciting game in terms of, like, constant scoring um, and play makes. But the teams that are there right now, they're fundamentally sound. And what I love even more is this England team. England is usually known as the team that chokes, that can't get it done, right. that can't win in the big game. Think about how many teams were like that. That was like before my beloved Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. <laughs> that was They were like the England of football or uh, European football and now England looks like the best team left I think that they are going to be France who looks good in their own right but think about like that man it's like these teams that no one expected to be there Croatia England Belgium France no one predicted any of these teams to be here and here they are and these teams are fundamentally sound they get it done they're exciting in their own right and it's going to be an amazing semifinals. I love it. Boys, time flies when you're having great sports discussion. And, Alex, I would be remiss to throw out a little sports meet news. Do it, baby. To the entire sports meet world. Very, very soon, we will be announcing that one of the biggest soccer or European football journalists in the world We'll be joining the Sports Meverse to chime in, hop on, and battle each and every one of you on all things soccer. Love it. Dwayne, Shot Doctor, yeah. appreciate you, my friend. Sunday, taking some time, beautiful words, great discussion. Appreciate you, Jeff, of course, as always. We're not here without you. 
I'm Alex Monaco. This is the Sports Meat Podcast, Episode 3, baby. Thank you, boys, for being on. Thanks, guys. My pleasure.